प्लीज स्टे ट्यून्ड यू वर्थ सरियस एफ एम वन ओ फाइव पॉइंट सेवन योर नंबर वन स्टेशन इन द ईस्ट Beautiful Nasheed indeed uh, Yusuf Asmal the top check one of the best in the world and I can tell you really having a mashallah morning with uh, you 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 and uh, you alhamdulillah Sirius FM are broadcasting here in Ikurulele and also to 120 countries across the globe mashallah good to have you all Ahlan wa sahlan people and yes at time uh, that time of the morning where we enjoy uh, enjoy the company of uh, a top alim he's a mufti and he's from the Car, yeah, he's standing there on top of the, yeah, on the table mountain. And let's see, yeah, he's got his jars on. It's got a lovely, hey, that's like a woolly thing. Mufti Zama, Mufti Prime Smith on Quickfire Q and A. Now, Alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Tell me how you're doing this fine, beautiful Jumma morning, Mufti Zama. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi taala wa barakatuh. Our respected listeners, Shafat and all those wonderful people out there. Indeed, a blessed, wonderful uh, Jumu'ah again today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all khair and barakah. Ameen, inshallah. Ameen, asuma, ameen. The questions are flowing through. Uh, this one says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufi. Still no word uh, from Saudi regarding this year's Hajj mandatory charges. Comment, please, Mufi. Shafat, uh, we're all waiting, and I think everyone is waiting for that story. You know that uh, it puts it... Uh, puts people in a very, very difficult position. The estimated uh, quotation for uh, the Nazrul fees, that is for the five days of Hajj and uh, feeding and all those things, uh, uh, it, uh, you know, it came to about 24,000, but it could be uh, slightly higher, also up to 30K. No one knows. The problem with all of that is that the uh, agencies can't book the tickets. They cannot book the flights if they don't have information on how much the Tanazu fees will come to. So it puts uh, passengers and travelers in a very, very difficult position because every day that goes by, there will be an escalation in the, the, the prices of airline tickets. So when you don't know the prices, then how can you book? So uh, we're all waiting on the, on the Saudi uh, regime, you know, that uh, they should come forward and explain to the people what the cost of this year's Hajj will be like, Gigi. Uh, Mufti Sahib, is there a car on my share of inheritance uh, not received yet? There is no uh, zakat on uh, money that you haven't received yet. In this case, the inheritance money, because that will be considered like a weak debt. So only when you receive your share of your inheritance money, then only you will calculate from that day onwards until uh, your uh, zakat date is due. So from there on, you will have to pay zakat. But if you have not received anything yet, if the money is still tied up by the masters or the, uh, the administration or the executor isn't tied up, the estate, etc., isn't winded up yet, then uh, you will have to make sabr until you receive that money. And upon the receiving, inshallah, you will start uh, calculating the days and pay your zakat. Is it sunnah to make azan when leaving the house for hajj? There's nothing in the Sunnah recorded about making Adhan. I know some people in some communities, even here in Cape Town, that uh, it is a norm and a custom that when the person as he leaves the house for Hajj, then someone calls out the Adhan. But there's no basis for that in uh, the Sunnah, and there's no basis for that in any other of our legal framework within Sharia. So when there's no basis for a particular action, then it is best to refrain from such an uh, action, Shafat, because then it will be categorized as an innovation, as a uh, bidder, you know. And we don't want to start our Hajj journey that uh, uh, engaging in a bidder and actions which are not part of Islam, G. 
What is the ruling on soft shell uh, bovine gelatin uh, vitamin capsules? Hey, they like asking you that. Hey, bovine, bovine, bovine. Talk to us from the grapevine of Cape Town. <laughs> Shafat, you know, I think people are still confused. Uh, if you don't know the origin of uh, of bovine or the origin of gelatin, then it will be mashboo. It will be treated as a doubtful thing, a doubtful substance, a doubtful ingredient. And in that case, Islam has advised us that anything you have doubt in, you have to refrain from that. If you know the origin of uh, that uh, bovine or the capsule or vitamin capsule in this uh, particular regard, uh, then, of course, you can make your own decisions. You know, if it is uh, from a halal slaughtered animal, then it will be permissible. If it's from a non-halal slaughtered animal, then you'll have to abstain from that. You have to ascertain first before purchasing and before using G. Assalamu alaikum. What should a person do with uh, government provident payout some money, Mufitab? Yes, uh, government uh, provident uh, payout money, that is permissible for you if you have received uh, that uh, government uh, uh, payouts, or in this case, provident fund payouts. You don't have to give it away in charity. You can use every cent of it. You can uh, share it with your family members, with your spouse, etc. There's no harm in that because it is a gift that uh, the government has given you, G. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Sahib. We intend doing uh, Qurbani for my deceased uh, parents. Is uh, this allowed? Yes, it is permissible. Uh, you can uh, make qurbani on behalf of deceased people if you're following uh, the Hanafi madhab. If you're a Shafi person, then you can only do that if the person is left behind a wasiyah, a bequest. But for everyone who's uh, following the Hanafi madhab out there, if you want to do it, it is something good, you know, that remembering and honoring your parents. And also uh, that will be a means uh, and a contribution towards their rewards in the year after, inshallah, because you will get the reward. And your parents will get the reward for that same single sheep that you will be slaughtering on their behalf. Mufti, should a woman uh, remove her bangles when uh, taking wudu? If the bangle is so tight that water cannot seep through it or underneath it, then of course any type of jewelry should be removed at the time of wudu. That goes for rings as well. Sometimes a ring will be so tight that water won't be able to pass underneath it. In that case, your wudu will be invalid and your salah will be invalid also. You will have to repeat both your wudu and you have to repeat your salah. But if there's space underneath your bangle where water can seep through and underneath your rings or any other jewelry, uh, then of course uh, your wudu will be valid and your salah will be valid also. There's no need for you to repeat your wudu. Assalamualaikum. Who is responsible for paying for the wife's hajj? And the Egyptian will tell you, Mufti, I'll take my zoji for egg. You come for the egg. <laughs> Mufti. <laughs> Shafat, you know that uh, the, the wife is responsible for paying her own hajj uh, if she's by the means. You know, yes, if the husband wants to contribute or any other family member wants to contribute, then no problem because spending on, on the hajj, it is uh, something very, very great and uh, it holds a lot of reward as well. But uh, the onus is upon her because Hajj is fart upon males and females and everyone needs to ensure that they have sufficient means to go for Hajj, you know. But if the husband wants to assist, then no problem also. How many sheep uh, should one slaughter for a revert Muslim girl? There is no uh, uh, sheep to slaughter for a revert. I think they most probably mean uh, Akika, you know. So Akika is up to the age of seven years old. When a person has embraced Islam after the age of seven years old, then there is no need for that person uh, to perform aqiqah. And aqiqah also sunnah is mustahab, uh, commendable and preferable to perform. So uh, there's no uh, uh, slaughtering or aqiqah for any revert tree. Uh, Mufti Sahib, can a group of uh, Muslims 
yeah, the, the 11, 11, of, 11 of them, a uh, group of Muslims perform Juma on a cruise ship. Hey, they want it on, Mufti Saab. <laughs> yes, cruise, you know, sometimes we have Muslim uh, people working on cruise ships. Sometimes they're working on trawlers. Uh, you remember the Siemens uh, operation, uh, Shafat, you will remember that. A lot of Muslim people working there. So there's no Juma. Uh, upon uh, people working on uh, on ships, etc. Juma needs to be, for, be performed in a jami masjid where there's access to everyone. There's no hindrance on the cruise ship. Uh, that is not allowed, you know. So uh, they will have to perform Salatul Duhar instead. They will have to gauge what time it is and from there they will have to take and they can perform Salatul Duhar in Jama'a instead of performing uh, Salatul Jumu'ah. You know, I can tell you, Mufti Saab, I was a privilege to be the president of the Muslim Siemens Institute. And I remember going on all these uh, ships and especially the uh, United Arab uh, shipping. You know, each ship had its own musalla, a beautifully well, you know, like a five star carpeted musalla. And uh, there was uh, everything, literature. And I used to just go on board, give a lecture and put Qurans and Qurans and Qurans on, on, on this. And uh, the captains used to tell me uh, subsequently that these Qurans went to the four corners of the globe. And they were taken with relish. So, alhamdulillah, you know, they were very conscious about the Salah. But whenever they came to the harbour, like to Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, East London, or Richards Bay, or Durban, they wanted to go for the Juma Salah. And for them, Juma was just special, especially when you took them to the largest mosque or the second largest mosque in the Southern Hemisphere. They really enjoyed that, uh, Mufti Saab. And uh, moving on, we look at uh, this uh, question. It says, does Hajj become compulsory after one has performed Umrah? No, if you performed your Umrah, there's no connection between Hajj and between Umrah. So if a person has the means to go for Umrah, see, like nowadays, uh, you have to be accredited just to go for Hajj. So that can take six, seven, eight years, you know. So what are you going to do in the, in the interim period? So you can go for multiple Umrahs. You can go every year for Umrah until your name is uh, selected and you are accredited. Only after that, you will have to go for Hajj. But it does not become wajib. Hajj does not become wajib after a person has performed Umrah. You can perform multiple Umrahs before you perform your Hajj. Gee. Uh, Mufti Sahib, should a lady cover her feet in Salah asking for a revert? For a revert and for any other person out there, it is not necessary for uh, females to cover their feet in Salah. This is uh, the Hanafi view. Of course, the Shafi view is that they have to cover their feet. But uh, you can just wear your normal abaya that you wear for Salah. Make sure that every part of your aura is covered properly in Salah. You don't want egg parts exposed because if parts is exposed, then your Salah will be invalid. In this case, the feet won't be considered as part of the aura in Salah. G. Mufti, can one eat a fish uh, that was fried in oil used for Haram food. Yes, the fish is, of course, uh, permissible to eat, but fish fried in haram oil, where they fried most probably bacon or any other uh, haram product, etc. So then your food will become contaminated. And this is why we tell people to refrain from halal-friendly places, because the risk of contamination is real. It is there. It exists. They're using one kitchen. They're using one utensil, etc. Now, you as a person who don't know what happens behind the scenes, what happened in the kitchen, so you will go and you will buy fish and you order fish because you see it is halal. But where that fish is fried in, that is a of course, another question. And uh, in that case, if you eat something like that, your ibadah will be affected, your taqwa will be affected, your du'as will be rejected. All of these things because of that morsel of food that you've put inside your body. So be careful out there, people. Gee. Mufti Saab, I'm afraid to give out uh, most of my money because of the recession and many other things happening. 
am I allowed to keep my money as it is, or should I convert all my cash that I keep uplang into gold and silver? Uh, Mufti Saab, how you react to that? Shafat, everyone is that fear of tomorrow, but the, tomorrow that is the responsibility Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken upon himself. Allah does not ask you for tomorrow's ibadah, so you shouldn't worry about tomorrow's uh, risk and tomorrow's sustenance. That is the duty of our Creator. Yes, you should work wisely with your money. You shouldn't overspend. You shouldn't waste your money and keep something for a rainy day. There's nothing uh, wrong in that. You know, once upon a time, Rasulullah took out uh, nine months of nafaka for his wives, which was in the form of raisins. So from there, we can see it is permissible to keep some money for the future. Uh, if you have to convert it into gold, then gold is always the safest way to trade gold and silver. These fiat currencies and all these things will soon cease to exist and people will have to revert back to gold and silver. Recession will still be here a long time, two or three years, you know, because of the manipulation of the financial and fiduciary services that we find ourselves uh, in today in our time. So be careful how you spend on what you spend and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to put barakah. Also, Shafat, that you have to spend in difficult times. Also, the Quran has exhorted us to spend when it is easy. It's a ra'i, what the ra'i. And those times when it is difficult, Allah loves the people who spend during difficult times also, G. Mufti Saab, what is the uh, uh, ruling on those uh, that delve in the science of uh, eschatology? Is there room for that? Because uh, many of these scholars are now telling us, you are in end times, uh, Mufti Saab. Eschatology has its roots, of course, uh, in the hadith. You know, the uh, Rasul, our beloved Prophet Rasulullah used to uh, prophesy, but it was, of course, through wahi. Uh, used to prophesy so, uh, the different type of battles, the amount of increase in uh, earthquakes and uh, civil unrest and uh, all these natural phenomena that will still happen. So that is there. The interpretation of these things where it has been left uninterpreted, there is where the difficulty comes in. And this is where certain scholars go astray, Shafat, because they try to make certain interpretations which is not in line with uh, Hadith and uh, with uh, Quran, for example. A person will say that Dajjal will be traveling in an F-16 fighter jet because he sees that in his lifetime today. But the Hadith didn't mention anything. Uh, the only thing the Hadith mentioned is that he will travel very, very fast, you know. So we cannot make our own assumptions. We cannot bring in modern uh, things and technology and then deviate from the true sciences of Hadith. So you have to be careful which scholar you take from when it comes to these things, G. Yeah, forget the scholars or dollars. There's a Quran there. Look at the story of uh, Suleiman, alayhi salam. I mean, the throne of uh, Bilqis, eh? Shiba just came in there a split second, Mufti Saab. Suleiman alayhi salam controlled the winds. So what you talk about F-16? You get one wind that F-16 can't take off, Mufti Saab. Yes, Allah's in control and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give the Jal certain power and certain uh, authorities, you know, but that is also through the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will only see how it unfolds this whole uh, end of uh, time uh, saga in period. We see daily how it is busy unfolding. So that's why Rasulullah gave us a certain predictions. And at the end of the day, Shafat, whatever Rasulullah was known as Sadiqul Masduq, that will become true. There's no need for certain uh, uh, unhealthy type of interpretations. G. Yeah, Mufti Sahab, come here. Check here. Check this number here. Yeah, this is my cousin in the, yeah, in the US. Now let's send him a message. Assalamu alaikum. Jumma Mubarak. Gone, Mufti Sahab. Gone. Gone. I mean, be Yeah. By the leave of my Lord. Oh, message. Go to my cousin. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Look at the karama, Mufti Sahab. 
Look at it. And, and, you know, we shouldn't be, yeah, people, don't sin against your intelligence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of everything. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. I married my wife and she just got uh, diagnosed with a disease. Are we allowed to hold on uh, with the children until we are sure there will be no hereditary defects? And of and if the medical doctor says that there will be, can we choose not to have uh, children? Please advise. We are very scared, Mufti Saab. Sad indeed. Yes, very sad, uh, you know, but uh, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in control of that also. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us children, he chooses a particular type of children. So some will be physically strong, some will be born with defects. Those with defects, uh, they could be our jannah because we will have to take care of them. It, it requires a lot of sabr and uh, a very, very strong mental uh, capacity, you know, to deal with that. But that can just be your jannah. GM of his Medical Muslim doctors, fighters, if they advise that the child will make it into the Islamic it would be the Islamic ruling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's some gremlins came through there, but uh, Mufti Saba, we just got the gist of the whole thing. And uh, moving on, uh, Mufti Saba, this question says, uh, mm-hmm. Dear Mufti Saba, really enjoying the program and uh, beautiful questions are coming through. Mufti Saba, can we continue combine our Shawal fast with our Qadha and also the middle month fast? Mufti Saab? Uh, Shafat, it is not permissible in the Hanafi Madhab to join intentions, combine intentions with regards to Nafal fast and those fast, fast that a person is must. Uh, that is not permissible. You have to fast uh, those things separately. Uh, your Qadhafa separately, your middle month fast separately, and your uh, Shawal fast, of course. So all those things are separately. Uh, and as for Shafi people, they are allowed to combine intentions. They can uh, combine their must uh, fast of Ramadan with that of Shawal also, G. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saab. Uh, uh, there are many practices that some people abstain from uh, doing because it's a weak hadith. Is there a sin in uh, following a weak hadith? Uh, is, is it still a hadith or is it not a Mufti Saab? Yes, we, we shouldn't be confused by the term weak hadith. When it is mentioned weak hadith, it could be because of a narrator. It could be because of many, many other reasons, as the scholars of hadith has mentioned. But what they are all in agreement with is that it is permissible to practice upon weak, weak hadith, especially those that involves fadail virtues of certain actions. Weak hadith is not accepted for those matters related to aqidah, to our creed and our beliefs. But for certain type of actions, so you know, the virtues of fasting or virtues of hajj or virtues of zikr, etc., those type of weak hadith, that is accepted. None of the ulama, mainstream ulama, has any objection uh, to that. So sometimes when people want to throw you off track, then they mention their weak hadith as if that is fabricated. There is a difference between a weak hadith and between something that has been fabricated. Absolutely, Mufti Sahib. Assalamu alaikum. Is there a ruling regarding non-Muslims that attempt fasting? No, there's no ruling. If they want to uh, to do that, uh, non-Muslims, you know, they can do that. They can learn from Islam also. We can portray beautiful Islam. We can show them also 
uh, why we're abstaining from uh, eating and drinking from uh, uh, sunrise or before sunrise in the morning until uh, sunset in the evening. Assalamu alaikum Mufti Sahib. I've got the box and I'm also very benevolent and generous because I know it's an amana from Allah. But Mufti Sahib, I have a desire to buy a dream car of mine and I have the money. Should I or should I not buy it? Because I know that uh, the world is a short place to live in, but I want to just fulfill one of my desires. <laughs> Mufti, how do you respond to, <laughs> uh, uh, to that message? I think the boy inside us, uh, that never grows up, Shafat. The love for fast cars never uh, that never exits a person. You know, you can be how old. So yes, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with money, there's nothing wrong in spending that upon yourself and spending upon your family also. But there's a difference between wanting something and needing something, Shafat. We have to draw the line between those two things, what we want and what we need. Sometimes what you want, or in most cases, it will exceed that what we actually need. But if we have some khair in barakah and Allah has blessed you, there's nothing wrong in having a fast car. Rasulullah had one of the fastest camels as well. We shouldn't uh, forget about that, Shafat. So yes, who doesn't want to drive that, uh, you know, four, five, eight, Italia, or, of course, that uh, Bagani, Zonda, or the uh, Bugatti, Sharon, or one of those, uh, Hennessy, all of those cars. You know, that is all dreamed, and we're all allowed to live our dreams also within the boundaries of Sharia G. Yeah, he gives you a smile and I a Ford Mustang. <laughs> we'll drive it for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fly from here to Cape Town, right into Scarborough yes. with a Ford Mustang. <laughs> Hey, people say, hey, you're coming with a horse. Yeah, with a lot of horsepower. Assalamu alaikum. What is the duty of the mahram towards his female relative who needs him to help her in her day-to-day affairs, Mufti Zahab? Yes, in a day-to-day affairs. You see, the job and duty of a mahram is basically to protect uh, the females from... Uh, outside interference, outside hindrance, strange males, etc. So Allah has given the females a certain duty and Allah has given the males a certain uh, duty as well. So the male's job is, of course, to secure income, to go out and to work and to look and take care of his uh, family. Whilst the duty generally of a female, if she doesn't have her own income, is then uh, to engage in the chores that is at home, you know, cooking, etc. These are qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has imbibed in uh, females and Allah has given them their uh, quality of khidmat. So sometimes it becomes difficult for a male that he has to do all those things outside and then still come inside and help and assist uh, with certain matters. If he has the time, then no problem. If he cannot make time, then surely there's other people inside the house that can help assist and support also, G. Achani Mufti Saab, absolutely uh, brilliant uh, this morning. Really enjoyed the questions that came in. Perhaps your parting words uh, this morning, Mufti Saab. Yes, uh, Shafat, may Allah make it easy, easy for the people of uh, KZN. More heavy rains uh, predicted that side as well. May Allah protect all our uh, ummah, inshaAllah. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And also to our Yusuf Asmal for doing a brilliant engineering. And uh, yes, uh, keep it locked on to Sirius FM. A beautiful broadcasting, lovely nasheed in- interspersed. And also, don't forget, uh, inshallah, the spiritual hour coming. They will be, uh, uh, you know, playing the uh, 40 Darud, the Ayat from the Noble Quran. And uh, Mufti A.K. Hussain uh, will be giving uh, the uh, translation of the Juma Qudbah from the Holy Lands. Yusuf, you have a mashallah and a beautiful, beautiful weekend ahead. Also, our lovely listeners from the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi. Wa barakat.